Okay, welcome everybody to the first, very, very first episode of Making Sense. Hey. I'm Frank and I'm here with... Sam. And Thinking Joe. So, we got together about two weeks ago and um, we just thought, wouldn't it be good to make a podcast about financials? Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a funny story how it all happened. <laughs> and it was literally two weeks ago. It was. We sat in um, Brixton, Cold Harbour Lane, Chip Shop. It's one of my favorite spots in Brixton. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we were there and then we were just talking. I can't even remember what we were talking about. Dude, we spoke about a lot that day. We yeah. were <laughs> talking about social media, yeah. information and podcasts. Exactly. And then Jay just had this. No, actually, he said to me, why don't you do this? <laughs> and I said, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. He's like, yeah. And when you do this, why don't you do that also? I said, yeah, but why don't you do it with me? <laughs> and yeah, then he's like, much. okay, that cool. is so all ambiguous. Basically, yeah. you're talking about business ventures, and you had the ideas, you had the motivation. Yeah. And <laughs> Francis was basically talking about business ventures, things that he's been thinking about. And Jerome's response to everything, or thinking Jay's response to everything, was, okay, well, why don't you do it? Yeah. It's and true. then Francis would say the next thing, and thinking Jay would say, okay, so how are you going to do it? And then Francis' next point was, well, why don't you come on board and do it with me? Yeah. That, and, that part was and by the way, Francis is also Frank, and yeah. Thinking Jay is also Jerome. Yeah. And Sam is just Sam. It's true. Sorry. So, yeah, we know currently there's so many podcasts about. So yeah. just to give you guys an intro as to who we are and why we're doing this and why it's worth listening to us, uh, I'm just going to start with myself. Yeah. So, um, so I work in investment management. I work for a Swiss firm and I've been doing that for about six, six years now. Um, I have several financial qualifications, but ab above all, I'm, I'm quite financial, financially savvy, if you want to say that. Yeah. So I read lo loads of financial literacy. Um, I follow markets, I follow policies. Um, basically anything that's got to do with money or what impacts me, you know, I'm involved in that and I follow it. So there's a lot, a lot of basic stuff that I know that although I call them basic and I think a lot of it's common sense, a lot of us might not know that. So yeah. this podcast really is just to share my knowledge. We're going to have discussions. We're going to break down all these big financial terms and hopefully we can give you some kind of advice. Yeah. Make it more relatable so everyone can Absolutely. partake. Absolutely, yeah. Benefit and from this stuff. So, Jay, wh wh why are you here? Why am I here? Um, to uh, to gain some of that knowledge. So, my background is um, I'm a trained accountant. Uh, I've worked in various firms. Um, you know, my whole thing is understanding things, breaking them down to the you know their small parts, uh, and figuring out how to do them better. So, one of those things I wanted to find out about, you know, my Twitter handles kind of speaks to the fact that I like to think and learn stuff, uh, was about finance. Uh, for me, there's a lot of big terms, a lot of scary phrases, and it sounds very complex and something that I, you know, wouldn't be able to master very easily. Uh, and I can imagine for a lot of people that it's even more so like that. Uh, so for me, I wanted to kind of understand practically, not just the, you know, academic terms, real life examples. How do you put into practice? Of how you put this stuff into practice. Um, I've read a lot of stuff, watched a lot of stuff on financial literacy, financial independence, um, group, group economics. Uh, one of the favorites I've read is a guy called Claude Anderson, who speaks very much about how you can practice group economics, the people that do and the people that don't, and, and how they fare differently. 
Um, so for me, it's just about um, getting that, just practical information on how we can better participate in this world. Okay. And last but definitely not least, not I am all. Sam. Not ever. Not um, at all. My, ba <laughs> <laughs> my background is not really financial, so I'm here basically to learn basically to find out this information that everyone seems to be reading and understand how to actually put into practice. I think this podcast is a great idea because I don't doubt that there are a number of them out there, but I wonder how many of them are being put out by our people, put out, being put out by relatable people and yeah. people that I would switch on to listen to, let's be real. Yeah. The information's out there, but are we listening? So. And sorry to interrupt, Sam, but you know, this podcast is, you know, it's, it's for us, by us. Exactly. <laughs> I think we should address the elephant in the room. <laughs> I think yeah, we should address the elephant in the room, should, that, uh, that which is our demographic. Exactly. So we're, we're all black, by we're the way. We're all black. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm Ghanaian. Jerome I'm Jamaican. wasn't as fortunate, but I, I was more I'm fortunate. I'm also Ghanaian. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, yeah, and that's what it is. And yeah. let's be honest, financial literacy, uh, financial freedom, group economics, all the things I mentioned and uh, Sam and uh, Francis mentioned, you know, to, from my point of view and to many, isn't practiced, isn't understood. And I think there's real drawbacks to us not knowing this Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. I think it's not practiced because it's not widely understood. Exactly. And yeah. I think we need to understand it uh, and then from there understand that we can participate in it and it's not something foreign or yep. not something for us. Yeah, absolutely. I um, think at the moment, um, within our demographic, we don't really think it's for us. Exactly. It's not information that we need to know. It's not exactly. something we're gonna benefit from. Our parents possibly don't understand it. Massive issue. So we don't live by these pieces of information. We don't move understanding information. We don't think they're gonna benefit us. Yeah, so so that that's it in a nutshell. But um, just to give you, a, give you an overview of or a taste of what we're planning to discuss over the next several weeks. Um, you know, we're going to talk about things like gentrification. Today, we're going to talk about wealth. What is wealth? What is it? Um, how do you define it? You know, how can you build wealth? We're going to talk about things like Brexit, how it's going to impact you, or what how we think it's going to impact you, mm -hmm. and ultimately impact your financial life. That holiday's about to get expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to talk about other stuff like how to profit off social media. We're, we're hoping to have a special guest for that one. Yeah. We're going to talk about mortgages. Again, mm -hmm. we're hoping to have a special guest for that one, yeah. someone who's a wealth advisor as, as well as a mortgage advisor who's going to come and tell us about, in terms of leading up to that application, to your mortgage, mortgage application, what you can do to improve your credit rating, yeah. what credit rating is, yeah. why it's important, mm -hmm. what type of inf information impacts your credit yeah. rating. So... Like Jerome just said, we just want to give a lot of practical and relatable information, and um, that's 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 basically what we're planning to do with this podcast. For sure. and, and by the way, it's called Making Sense. Yep. But the sense is spelled C E N T S, so mm -hmm. it's making sense, like, like making get it, money, making get it, that wordplay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can I address one more elephant? In the sure. Because <laughs> I've already had one uh, response like this in a WhatsApp group. Uh, why isn't it called Making Pence? You guys are from the UK. Well, because Making Sense rhymes with Making Sense. Exactly. Thank so you. For all you uh, social media heads out here that want to jump on that one, sorry, it's a bit late. We will be having many Q&As, so any questions like that will be exactly. answered swiftly, just like that one was. Being a neek in the room, you know. <laughs> hey, I'm the neek There's in definitely the room. two neeks in the room. Ah, yeah, there's a few neeks I'm in here the to bring the call into this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's why we bought her in a fashionable hat. <laughs> 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 they can't see me. Well, they will, that's one point. Um, yeah, sense can. It's not just USD. You know, there's sense in in the euros. No, it's centimes, right? 
It's sense. No, you're is right. It sense. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sense. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you know, be, we're moving into a global world. Uh, so yeah, we're making sense anyway. That was just my trying to sound cool for calling it making sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Okay. So. So cool. So as I said, today's or this week's podcast, actually we're a weekly podcast. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. So we will be providing this every week. Mm-hmm. Um, today's episode is about what is wealth? What is it? And um, how do you take part? How do you build wealth? Indeed. So um, um, I don't know. Should yeah. we kind of give what maybe what we think wealth is? So, yeah. so for me, I think me and Sam are quite the lay people. Francis will have <laughs> a more structured answer to this question, I think. Yeah, he'll try. Um, just rolls off the tongue. So I don't actually. know if it's best if maybe we give our views on what we on think it wealth, is. Yeah. And then maybe you give us what the technical uh, that's, that's understanding of it is. Maybe. Yeah, that's, that's, that doesn't sound yeah. like a yeah, bad idea. Yeah. So when yeah. I think of wealth, I think of, so think about my own wealth. I think of how much am I worth? How much assets do I have? If I had everything taken away tomorrow in terms of job wise, if I had no more salary, what am I actually worth? So that takes into account everything. Yeah. Credit that I've spent on loans, any money I owe, anything I own, what am I actually worth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, to, to, so, so what, what is wealth? Um, yeah, Jerome, what is wealth to you? To me, so I've done a bit of, um, a bit of research when I say that, I'll be honest with you guys, I looked on YouTube last night. <laughs> um, to be honest, YouTube's my fountain of knowledge at the moment. Um, but no, so, uh, I think, okay, we've all got decent jobs here you know, yeah. whatever, and you think by having an okay salary that, that, you know, many will perceive you as wealthy. I think it's been an eye-opener for me over the last couple of days to understand that your income or your income level is no sign of your wealth. It's what you do with that income, you know, in terms of building assets and not spending on, on liabilities. Mm. Um, what are those liabilities, you know? You may consider the home you live in to be an asset. And growing up, I always thought, I, I always thought of it that way. It's only now through doing a bit of research it's actually a, a liability until you've paid it off. Yeah. You know, if you're yeah. renting that home out, it's now an asset. It's making you money, uh, and it's that mindset. You know, and I think if you have, you know, people that are going to work every day in a city that don't have this information, you know, God knows how many other people don't. Absolutely. And I think, for me, wealth is a lot about your mindset as well. You know, it's not what you show; it's what you have, what you own, and what it can do for you. Um, so, for me, what I'd like from this podcast is. How does someone pretty much starting from nothing uh, and at various levels of income, how do they build wealth? You know, how long is it going to take? What do they need to do? Who do they need to speak with? Yeah. You know, um, what do they need to manage? What how do they need, they need to, to operate? Of? You know, yeah. You Absolutely. know, even understanding that they can't do it by themselves, particularly. Yeah. Um, so for me, for what I would want from yourself is just yeah, understanding how the wealthy do it. You know, you work in you know, around wealth management. Um, well, yeah, we it's mainly institutional clients, but some very very rich people. As okay, well, yeah. and I, I I don't know. I'm you know this is going to be a learning process for all three of us. Yeah. Um, I don't know their mindsets, and I guarantee it's probably different to that of the people that aren't wealthy. You know, yeah. I'm sure many of them didn't get there by luck. No, they've they've learned it. They've been yeah. taught it. Yeah. Yeah. Although there's always an element of luck. Of course, everything. of course. Yeah. But I think for me, I don't think I can have that mindset. Otherwise, I'm never going to try and pursue it. Yeah. You know, it's true. Um. So. I looked at wealth the other day, actually. I looked at the word wealth in the Oxford Dictionary. And um, what it actually defines it as is an abundance of valuable possessions or money. Mm. So wealth could be anything, anything that has some kind of value to you or someone else and an accumulation 
of that is what's defined as wealth. Yeah. But we often obviously think about money or we think of our car, house or yeah. jewelry, whatever, as assets, which are assets. And yes, that, that is a form of wealth. So that's that. Um, so I guess that's wealth. Now the, the true question is, how do you build wealth? How do you create wealth? Indeed. Yep. How do you become wealthy? So I think with that, we just have to look at for ourselves, for the everyday kind of person, you know, the non-middle class, the for coming from a working class family, for someone just growing up, I don't know, living in Hackney or yeah, Brixton or wherever. Came from those yeah, exactly. Um, how do you gain wealth? So it's actually a very, very simple step is you need to master your finances. That's your very, very first step. You need to know how much money you're actually bringing in and how much money is going out. Yeah. And it's, it sounds very simple, but it, it's simple as that. Once once you've identified you make X amount and you've got X amount coming out, you need to set yourself some kind of level of life that you can live. And if you want to build wealth, essentially you have to make sure that each month, each year, whatever period you want to look at, you need to have some surplus money. Mm-hmm. So you need to have had more coming in than more going, going out. Yeah. Which again, it, it's common sense really. It is. And a I lot of you, lot you might right. think, well, I knew this already. But you'd be surprised a lot of people don't people actually think of it like this. Yeah. Exactly. How many people actually live by that? There's so much stuff we already know already, but just don't put into practice. But at the moment, there's so much accessible without having money. Yes, yes. You don't need money to get a lot of things anymore. So nobody really feels like they, well, not nobody, many people don't feel like they have to have that balance. They don't have to look at what's coming in versus yeah. going out. Well, you definitely don't need wealth to have a lot of things no. these days. No, the, You know, how accessible credit is to everybody. Yeah probably plays into that yeah yeah so yeah. that's that's the first step is, is is to gain an overview of your finances you know exactly how much you're spending and what's coming in um once you've identified that i think most of us has have some form of debt loans or mm. you know we owe someone money or something student loans cars yeah whatever <laughs> i remember <laughs> my student got paid off I'm still paying today. I'm oh, definitely still that's, paying that, today. Still paying oh, today. am I the only one student? I think that yeah, you you're are. the minority. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm you know. secret millionaire. Anyway, I, I wish. <laughs> one day. Um, once you have that, you know, once you have your overview of what goes and comes in, I think the next step is to manage your debt. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is, if you have a lot of credit card debt, and you're paying X amount of interest. <laughs> You don't have to pay that much. There's ways of paying lower interest. And um, depending on how much debt you have, it might be worth shopping around on on a website like Money Supermarket, just looking for credit cards which allow you to transfer your current debt into that credit card and you might have a year of zero interest. Now, the concept of interest is very simple. Whatever you owe, every year you're paying x percent on that so yeah. if you owe 1000 your credit card might tell you that your apr is i don't know 10 percent, mm. which is they're basically saying if you held that debt for a whole year you'll be paying 10 percent on it mm-hmm. um now that 10 percent is fixed for that credit card but if you look around you might find all these deals that try to lure you in now they might say they their api is 26 percent or even a lot more than what you're currently paying but if they're giving you a four-year free interest loan that means you can get that credit card and transfer your current debt onto that card and pay no interest for four years yeah for a four year or yeah. however long the promotion yeah. is of course 
that's something to look into if you have a lot of credit card debt. If you yeah, have a lot of discipline, no? Yeah. It, it, you know, it takes a lot of discipline. And I think the hard part about that is actually getting up to do it. Yeah. yeah. Rather than actually doing it. Okay, so you said money supermarket can point you in the right direction. Yeah, so money supermarket is just a comparison website where a lot of um, loan providers or financial services companies advertise. Mm. I feel yeah. like when you're already in a situation, however sticky, if you're comfortable with it, changing to another provider, having to go through the T's and C's, being sure that you're not actually signing up for okay. more downfall, yeah. that's probably what puts people off. Okay, cool. If I'm comfortable with paying my extra this a month, it's not great, but I'm comfortable doing it. I'm not sure if I want to switch to over there. How do I know? How do I fully understand that I'm actually going to be better off? I think that's what people struggle with. Okay. Well, it, what you can go by is, is look at what the interest rate is look at what it says it it's it's that simple if if a credit card is offering you 20 percent and one's yeah. offering you 10 clearly 10 is a better deal but like i said if the 21 is 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 it's charging you 20 however they're saying for a whole year you can transfer whatever debt you have from any other credit card onto that and you'll pay no interest for a whole year or even six months whatever it is the idea is that you don't want to pay interest because interest is what makes your debt more. You're burning yeah. your money. Yeah, absolutely. Basically. You know, I think for me, it's what can get possibly confusing around this stuff is all the different terms. So you've got interest, you've yeah. got compound interest, you've yes. got APR. You know, <laughs> yeah. I think all three of those things mean different things. Yes. Yeah. Right? So um, that's a good point. That's actually know? something I wanted to touch exactly. on. Exactly. I think for me, what I would advise to people is pick one and use that across your suppliers. Yeah. Or, or your your lenders, so to speak. So, or if if someone's quoting APR and and, and your monthly or whatever, take the one measure and use that across everybody. Yeah, yeah. So you might not understand the measure itself, but you'd be able to know which one's higher. Or not. Yeah, you can compare. You can compare, yeah. and I think that's so. Try and make it as easy for yourself as possible. Um, I don't know if any of these things have like things where they show you how much you'll be paying. Or well, whatever. this is it. A lot of them don't. Mm, a lot of them don't a, a lot of them will just show you their APR mm. you know they'll say something like um, every year you're paying an, you know, you're paying 10% APR but um, we'll see with that again the APR isn't actually what you're paying so the difference between an APR and an EAR is okay. that the EAR that's your effective rate so that's what you're really paying now the APR it might say 10% every year so that just assumes, it, let's just say in January, you had £1,000 in debt. In December, you would have accrued 10% worth of interest. That's your APR. But what usually happens is, if you, if you, had, a, um, if you, if you had a credit card balance of £1,000 in January, by the end of January, you might pay, I don't know, £100 back. You still got the 900 But then you might spend 500 or you might spend even more. So if your debt is increasing, although they're only charging you 10%, at, in December, it's not only going to be £100, which is 10% of £1,000, it's going to be a lot more. Because mm. in those previous months, you, you, your balance wasn't just £1,000, it was a lot more. So your effective rate may actually be a lot higher than the APR that they pro, um, quote you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So your APR is kind of like just your annual aggregated interest, right? Yes, for or a whole you, year. Yeah. If you held, held the debt for a whole year, for a whole year, that's how much you'd be paying. And your EAR would be? It's the effective. So that says if you held different balances throughout the year. Okay. Yes. Fine, fine. Because no one really holds one debt from yeah, January till yeah. December, right? So.
for you know your pure out and out lay person, which would be easiest to understand in your opinion? You think? Well, I would still say the APR, okay, because that's that tells you that for a whole year we'll charge you X amount. But then with that, you have to be smart enough to know that if you have a credit card, the idea is not to use it every month and to increase the exactly. balance. Yeah. So as long as you're smart enough to know that, just looking at the APR is more than enough. Yeah. You know, yeah. but if you're someone you're not very disciplined and you know you're likely to spend more than you should, I don't that know. Maybe a like credit card isn't the best thing for you. Exactly. Yeah. No, but, but it yeah, feels like that's the common <laughs> denominator, right? It's discipline, self-discipline, um, and coming back to the wider point in regards to wealth, I imagine that's the difference. Their mindset is they actively manage their money instead of just using it to make themselves feel happy. Yeah. In terms of buying stuff, yeah. you know, Living they actively their use their money as a tool rather than as just a way to buy something. Yeah. You know. True. Um, that, that, that takes us back to, um, or not back, but takes us to another thing I wanted to discuss, the uh, payday loans. Yes, definitely. So, payday <laughs> loans. I lived on those for a hot minute. I've, I mean, I've done, I feel like Wonga saved my that. life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's again, it's, it's, a, it's a debate where sometimes if, if you're in a position where you have no other option but to take a payday loan, then I guess that's what you have to do. But, Generally speaking, a payday loan is something you want to avoid Agreed. at all costs. Yeah. Agreed. At all costs. A, a credit card from my, Marks and Spencers or Virgin might be quoting you 21% per annum. A payday loan, you'll pay something like 600% mm. per annum. But no, no one obviously holds the debt for that long, so yeah. they, they never pay that 600 But even that, if you only held it for a month, you're still paying the 600 equivalent to a month. So it's still very, very, very high. Agreed. Uh, well, well, being someone who, uh, as I say, unashamedly used payday loans for a period of my life. Um, I think most people don't think like that, you know. And, and to, to, to your point in regards to the credit card about, uh, from Marks and Spencers, most people that need a payday loan probably got refused by Marks and Spencers. That's yeah. true. And that's, that's everybody yeah. else. That's why I know? said, if it's your, your only option, then exactly. you might have to do it. And that's my thing. So if it is your only option and you have to do it because, you know, I'm not going to tell you to starve or to sit in darkness or cold instead of using a payday loan, is but do it proactively. Know that, okay, I'm using this for this thing and plan your exit from a payday loan. Because plan the it, exit before it, you even exactly. enter into the agreement. I think before you enter the agreement, plan how you're going to get yourself out of that debt. Because uh, I experienced it, I can't remember how long, maybe six months or so, but it's it becomes a, a, an unofficial overdraft, oh, so yeah, to speak. absolutely. Because it's so easy to get. They're always going to, uh, uh, you know, accept you or approve you, should I say, um, especially if you're paying them back on time. Yeah. And it's in their interest. Yeah. And, you know, the, the amount of interest you pay, it seems small, but if you've done it for six, seven months... It adds up. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It adds up. And, and, and it adds up. It and we'll, we'll touch up on that when we get to our next topic on in, on ISAs and investments and yes. compounded interest. Mm -hmm. So it's good Definitely want to learn about that, compounded interest. I, I yeah. should know more about it. And <laughs> I have several friends out there that are going to be cursing me when they listen to this. But there's a lot of things I think about in it. I can't yeah. know everything. So 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 basically, you know, we've, we've, we've identified these simple or three things two or three things whatever mm -hmm. but firstly know what your financial status is know how much you've got coming in how much is going out be honest with yourself yeah, yeah exactly be yeah. honest with yourself you know if, if you've got 1500 coming in and you know after you've paid your rent you've paid your t-mobile or mm. ee whatever paid <laughs> your spotify um, i get it it's hard now right? because everybody works so hard 
And you, you kind of, at the end of the month, you think, okay, I've given this company my blood, sweat and tears. Who are you to tell me I can't have... I need, the, I need to have I those need shoes. I need that. Whatever it's going to be, I need that bag. I need that shoes. shoes right? I work so hard, I deserve it. But the question well, is, can you afford those shoes? This is it. That's the can you? Exactly. And, and when I say, can you afford, if some, something costs £500, you have £500. That doesn't mean you can afford you it. Exactly. Afford exactly. That is a, that's an interesting concept. Yeah. It means, being able to afford something, to me, means I can buy this and I can still live my normal life yeah. on a day-to-day basis yeah. without having to go and borrow money or having to not pay my rent or my child support or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's you true. You're making those kind of decisions, though. <laughs> it's <like>. true. <laughs> like, no, I know you no, ain't going to, to prison in this country, but no. come on, you got to pay your child support. Yeah. So come on. You know? Anyway. Not to, CSA will to come down knocking, man. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so know how much you've got coming in, how much is going out. Live within your means. And above all, manage your debt. If you have a lot of credit, if you have a lot of debt to pay, shop around. If yeah. if you don't feel comfortable in doing it yourself, there's so many help hotlines that will help you. Call them, you explain to them exactly what your problem is. They'll ask you to come in and it'll help you. Yeah. Funny story, when I finished uni, this a couple of years, <laughs> couple of years after I finished <laughs> uni, and I saw, I saw my, I got a statement from- Francis' comments are entirely, entirely his own. From, from, <laughs> from the Students Low Company, and I saw the balance. And I was like, Jesus Christ. The next day, I looked up one of these numbers online. I called them up and I said, yeah, I have a lot of debt. I need some help, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Went up to the meeting. The guy said, yeah, so, you know, what, what's, what's, what's happening? You have a lot of credit card. I was like, yeah, I have a, um, 600 pounds overdraft. I have 1,000 pounds on my student credit card. <laughs> and I've got about 13K, my student loan. And the guy just started laughing. Exactly. I said, "Why exactly. are you laughing?" He said, "You don't have." He said, "It's fine. <laughs> you don't it's have okay." He you said, "You don't have, have any serious <laughs> yeah. issues." He said, "Your student loan. Don't even look at it as a loan." Mm. He says, "It comes off of your wages." By the way, I wasn't working full time mm. back then. He said, "Just forget about it." He said, "Your credit card balance and your overdraft." He said, "Just pay it off as you can. Just make sure you don't increase that necessarily." Yeah. 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 So yeah. Anyway, manage your debt. Very important. I, yeah, I think it needs to become a focus. Like if you are in debt or if you are in financial difficulties, that needs to become your focus. Yeah, and it's yeah. nothing to be ashamed of. It's not because at some point everyone has everybody. been there. My parents have been there. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. You know. But I think people don't realise they're in financial difficulties until the banks start calling. Exactly. And the don't, banks yeah. are there to make money. <laughs> yeah, so this they're, is it. they're not calling for a very long yeah. time. Yeah. Don't don't let it get <laughs> to that stage. Exactly. Deal with it before it gets stage. to that stage. Yeah. It takes a long time to recover time. from. Yeah. Exactly. A long time. So yeah, moral of the story live within your means yeah exactly but what what are what is means i think that's an interesting topic because i can imagine many people will be listening to this yeah at various levels of income yeah um and necessarily be thinking why do i have to have to miss out on certain things just because i'm not earning a certain salary yeah. well yeah. you don't this is the thing you don't have to miss out on it however you have to make a choice exactly you know it's either you live that life that you want you spend that money that you don't really have you build up a lot of debt that you can't really repay. Mm. You might be doing all of this in your early 20s, mid 20s, or mm. sometimes even late 20s. <laughs> told them YOLO, innit? But <laughs> <laughs> you might, one day, you might want to settle down, you might want to have a child, you might want to buy a house sometimes, mm. you don't know. Um, when you get to that stage, the bank is going to say, well, your credit, your credit history is terrible. Why should we give you this, you know, big pile of money to buy a house? Exactly. What do you do then? So it's, it's got a lot to do with discipline and, knowing that whatever we do has consequences i think when you're younger you're not told to think about that stuff you're no, just living I mean, life you're just having a great time 
21-22 nobody tells you that that's going to no. affect you 30 N- plus. none of us get taught financial literacy no. No one when does. we're young the schools don't do it no. our parents or well, a lot of our parents don't do it yeah you know, <laughs> I think they try to in very basic terms save your money yeah. Don't yeah. Buy but that. you know what guys it's fine because the making sense podcast is and here. that's the thing <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, I, you, you laugh and joke but for me that's exactly what I want this to be yeah because not to judge the previous generation they probably just didn't have this access to information exactly they came here here doing probably manual labor jobs or whatever whereas we've had the benefit of academic education yeah, and working true. in certain places it's true um so i think it is on our generation to not only teach the generation coming behind us but to try and inform the generation above us those that are willing to 100 yeah 100%. While, while learning Some of them at the same time listen. yeah so so let's just say now you know you've, you've listened to to our podcast You've taken control of your finances. <laughs> You're managing your debt. Your big Life's boy. looking good. <laughs> what do you do now? Yeah. You know, you've identified that. You earn one five. All your outgoings are about one one, which gives you four hundred pounds left to play with. And you know, you've decided off that four hundred pound. I know I'm I'm being very modest here, but off that four hundred pounds, <laughs> you're gonna spend two hundred. Modest. You're you're gonna spend two hundred on whatever you desire, and you'll have another two hundred surplus right that 200 surplus what do you do with it how do you make that 200 grow um again for everyday people like us in here and most of our listeners the best thing you can do is put your money in an isa yeah yeah now guys what's what's an isa an individual save no wow (laughs) i used to work in a building society i should know this an individual saving account account that's oh, it i want to, to come up with something a little bit more sexy no no no, yeah, no. Yeah, sorry, it's not sorry, every day sorry, yeah. but yeah I mean, it's not every not day, every day. Yeah. sometimes just what it is <laughs> but yeah isa um i find a lot of people don't actually know when isa is yeah, when i speak exactly. to people um so uh, let me explain what an isa is from my perspective what i believe it to be you might disagree i don't know I, i'm sure but, you got it france I, I trust you <laughs> but an isa is effectively a tax wrapper what I mean by that is, what you have to think of it is, everything that goes through your ISA is tax-free. When I say tax-free, every bit of interest or profit you make of something that went through your ISA is tax-free. So to give you an example, you may have an ISA account at your bank, which pays you something like 1% a year or something crazy. Now, that 1% you're making, none of that will be taxed. This is the benefit that an ISA gives you. Mm. And that is it. Agreed. With that being said, if you register an ISA account with like a um, a broker or one of these financial services providers that offer investments, and let's just say you invested a hundred pound in, in an investment fund, we'll get to all of that. But say you did that and that fund returned 10, 15%, that's tax-free again. Yeah. So when, when it comes to ISAs, what people need to understand is ISAs, yes, there's ISA savings accounts, which are essentially normal savings accounts. But what makes them different from other savings accounts is that the profit on the interest you gain is tax-free. Mm. So you, you pay nothing in tax. And ISAs are capped. So every year, I think the current balance is 20,000. It's changed a lot since Yeah, no, it's, it's 20,000. So you, you, there's a limit you can put in as cash and a limit you can put in as, as equity. Yes, mm-hmm. and both have to add up to, uh, to 20,000. The balance of the two is doesn't matter. Okay. You can put, okay. So if you wanted to, you can put a thousand pounds cash and invest. Um, you can put a thousand pounds in your investment in your sorry in your ISA savings account, mm-hmm. and you could put nineteen thousand 
invest it in some kind of fund. Yeah. But the sum of the two always have to add up to a hundred. I don't know if that's if I'm making sense. I'm not. Well, we'll fact check, and that's something we're going to do a lot. We're going to do a lot of fact checking. Um, sorry, I listen to the Joe Budden podcast, and that's a term they use a lot. I like it. Um, I'm going to be a mixture of Joe Budden and maybe Noriega, and I don't know a few other neeks. So it's going to be quite mixed coming from me. But as I say, sorry, back to ISIS. Um, I think the real importance of it is the time uh, value of money, which is a concept many people won't understand. No, and we'll break it down. And course. you know, so. Uh, def- I think this will be a point for the older generation who will possibly more be more cash rich than our generation. I think the baby boomers generally are, yeah. uh, the millennials. Um, you having your money in that savings account for 30, 40 years, um, it's not going to be worth... So say you've got 10 grand in an account. It's not going to be worth 10 grand in five years. No. It might be worth eight because yeah. of inflation, the yeah, price exactly. of things going up. Yeah. Exactly. So if your interest is already low, because we're you know we're in a low interest climate at the moment. If you're also being taxed on that interest as well, you're it's like a double whammy, so to speak. Exactly. So and, you're and that's why losing money. And that's why you use an ISA. Exactly. Because and that's, everything yeah, exactly. because everything is tax free. Yeah. So whatever yeah. you just look at it as as long as your money goes through an ISA, yeah. whether it's cash, whether it's investment, anything you make on that is tax free, it's yeah. all yours. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you didn't put it through an ISA, and you made money, that will be taxed. Yeah. Mm. You'll be taxed on any dividends you get, any interest or any profit, or you'll be taxed capital gains when you sell yeah. whatever it is exactly. that you invested in. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the benefit of an ISA. So again, for retail people like me, you, whoever, look at your ISA. Don't yeah. just look at it as something you park a little bit of money in. That's, that's what you should put in all yeah. of your money. That should be your main saving vehicle. That should be exactly. Yeah, that should be a simple. Yeah. yeah, that should be whatever you do, unless you obviously invest or save more than twenty k, which mm. I doubt a lot of people do. But you have up to twenty k you can put through your ISA, and everything that comes out of it will be tax free. Yeah. So that's your benefit. Yeah, I think the only thing I tack onto that, uh, literally from my banking days, is you may get some occasions where an in an, a, a taxable account, the interest is so much higher than the ISA account. That it might be better off, but that's a little. I think that's the next step down the road. Yes, I think for people just getting into the habit of saving and stuff, I definitely echo uh, what Francis has said. Think ISA first um, before anything. Before everything, I'd say start with your cash ISA uh, because you don't want to be investing in equities before you've done enough research and understanding and feel comfortable yeah. Yeah. and possibly yeah. spoken to someone like Francis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug there, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree. Also, by the way, I, I forgot to mention this at the beginning, but um, everything we say in here yes, and obvious. any advice that we give, um, it's not literal advice. You know, we, I will never say to you, let, let's just say I told you guys what I've invested in. Say I've invested in ABC. That doesn't mean you should go and buy or invest in ABC without doing your own research yeah. or speaking to a professional about it. Yes. Because we're not giving you investment advice per se. We're just here to spread the knowledge. Like I said, it's for us, by us. Exactly. That's what we're about. We don't want no wahala. Did I say that right? <laughs> Being a non-African in it's the room, did I say it right? See, I'm trying, man. You guys give me again. no props. Sorry, don't worry, man. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. You know, like, no, like no, I said, yeah. serious, yeah. so that's a little disclaimer we have to put out there. Is there um, any, like, official words we have to say around that? Or was that good enough? I think that was good enough. Let's hope so. Yeah, I think that's fingers crossed. FCA comes knocking. I'm <laughs> telling you, man. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, again, so but back to what we were talking about. Yes. Um, so you've got, in my example, was it £200 he had left? Yes, yeah. it was. Or it was, she had left? Yeah. Was it she? 
He, she, whatever. It was a she. Of course it was she. She was what, saving well. What if it was both? What if it was both? Huh? What if it was both? Men women save. Yeah, or what if it was transgender? There's nothing wrong with that, right? I'm sure as, they can save. As long as they're saving, <laughs> then it's all good. Yeah, I'm sure you, no matter your sexual Yeah, making sense is for everyone, anything. right? Yeah, everyone. Everyone makes sense. Everyone. So, yeah. Um, so, you, you, you've got <laughs> you've got 200 pounds left that you want to save. Yes. What you're going to do, put that through an ISA. And if you're going to put it through an ISA, don't put all of it in your cash ISA. The reason why I say that is a cash ISA pays you about 1% which is next to nothing. And um, whenever you see some kind of interest rate that you get paid or any kind of return you can potentially get from from some kind of investment, you have to think of, well, what's, what's roughly, what's going to be your inflation? Um, in, at, in our current climate, inflation is very low. Mm. So, yeah, I guess that 1% that you're, you're, you're receiving from your cash ISA inflation is about one percent yeah so net you're zero it's like you've never saved anything mm. and inflation you might not feel it directly oh, but yeah. think of it as next year right how much is your oyster card gonna go up by mm. exactly. think of it in percentage terms yeah. i know I, I think mine went up from one one fifteen to 123 or something yeah which isn't a great amount but that's roughly about wait um that's more than that's more than 10 percent mm. that's quite high yeah that's is. more than 10 percent. that's it quite is. high and if it does that every year it adds up so something that costs you 100 pounds now in five years time that might be costing you almost 200 yeah now let's look at okay petrol might be a bad example because there'll be some supply supply forces uh influences on that um but yeah let's just take it as a broad brush example look how cheap petrol was when we first started driving i remember when petrol was 97 i remember when it went on strike because it hit a pound <laughs> right I remember Why do you it went on strike when it hit a pound look what it is now and i think uh, another com- common denominator which is something i like to do is uh, across all this is a long-term view you know i think it's understanding that okay yeah it's only uh, a two pound increase now but, but what's it going to be over time? Exactly. And our, and our salaries increasing ex- and at they're that not, same rate? That's, the, that's no. the one thing you hear exactly. on the news. Salaries aren't increasing. No, exactly. they're not. They're not. They're, they're increasing in line with inflation. Exactly. But they're Which not incre- increasing. Yeah, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah, you're getting paid more, but the things you have to buy are, are increasing at the same rate. Exactly. Yeah. And what, what you need to remember, inflation, when, when you hear the new, when you hear words like inflation in the news, they might refer to something like the CPI, Consumer Price Index, oh. or they might start say something like the RPI, the Retail Price yeah. Index. These are different measures looking at inflation. So you can have a basket. It, it's those inflation numbers. They're, they're essentially a basket of goods. So let's just say a basket you of goods. Break down inflation. I think that would be. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing that right now. If, if you let me explain. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so let, we'll, we'll just say milk, eggs, bread. Obviously, hard dough bread. Right? <laughs> those three, okay. Let's just say those three together add up to three pounds right now. What hard dough bread are you buying? The one from the shop. No, nah, don't Brixton. buy the hard dough bread again. <laughs> <laughs> Two pound minimum for hard dough bread, my friend. <laughs> anyway, let's just say it adds up to three pounds, right? Today, next year, if that same that same basket of these three items has gone up to let's just say three pounds and thirty cents. That's a ten percent inflation because 30, 30 cents. Uh, sorry, thirty pence Eight. is ten percent <laughs> of three pounds. Yeah. Okay. So that's your inflation. That's that's the measure. It is um, very very simply put. 
Now these different inflation measures that you hear, some of them look at different baskets. So you may you may hear something like core inflation or non-core. That's when you look at a basket which includes petrol, or which doesn't include, yeah, which doesn't include petrol. Mm. So there's there's some certain products that are very volatile, oh, like okay. petrol, that can go up up and down, Fine. month to month or yeah. day to day, whatever. I or think other commodities. Yeah. I think my question is going to be is kind of you already um, the difference between the two, but maybe why they're used, or maybe why you'd look at one rather than the other. And I think your point to the volatility. Yeah. Kind of speaks to that. Yeah. Um, I think the main thing I think as as a once again. As a layperson, um, when they hear CPI, RPI, whatever, what is it they should be understanding? Maybe what should they filter out? Because I think with a lot of this, it's going to be a lot of information. Some of it you're going to be able to understand. Some of it you're going to have to maybe filter out. You is know, all of it useful? Yeah. Do, do, do you need to know everything? Or can somebody well, just... See, this is it, right? Maybe just look at RPI or... You know. Well, if very, very bluntly put, every single person has a different inflation rate. My rate of inflation is different than yours. Of course, because of what I buy, right? Because of what you buy, because yeah. of where you live, yeah. because of your lifestyle. Got yeah. you. It's very different. I don't drive, you drive. Yeah. You have petrol within your so inflation yeah. calculation. Yeah. I don't. Okay. So it's very different. Yeah. Do you know okay. what I mean? No, no, so, no, so when so you hear when you hear CPI, RPI, it's just a broad measure of the country's inflation. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's a very, very aggregated term, mm-hmm. which I, I wouldn't say ignore it, but I mean, yeah, for most people, they, they, they don't mean anything. Yeah. You know, what means something to you is you're, you're spending today compared to your spending next year. You know, how much has it gone up by? That's what really matters to you. Yeah. And and ultimately, what you want to do if you want to build wealth is when inflation is going up or when the cost of, I prefer the, the word, the, the cost of living. Okay. Yeah. I think which, that's something everyone yeah. can relate to. So, yeah. so, so going forward, whenever we're talking about inflation, we'll talk about the cost, cost of, of living. Yeah. Um. The increase in the cost of living for you, you want to offset that by your increase in interest that you've gained from your savings account or your, your investment. You. Whatever you have, Got you want to offset those two or you want to have more, yeah. right? Cool. So if you had, so in an ideal world, you would want your savings account to bring you as much as the increase in the cost of living you have or more. Because if it brought you more, then you obviously you're ahead of the curve. So that's what you really, that's how you, you build wealth. That's what you really want to have. Now you you have to start off small. If you're, if, if you're saving 200 pounds a month and your cost of living is going up by, I don't know, say 50 pounds every year, it, it'll be very, very difficult for you to earn 50 pounds on 200 pounds. So, yeah. you know, we're starting off here very, very small. Yeah. Indeed, and that's where we that's, We're starting here very, very small. So ISAs, um, we mentioned, put some in a cash ISA. Um, don't put all of it in a cash ISA because the current interest rate levels are so low. Like mm. I said, sure. an ISA might lock you in for two years and pay you one percent or something. It's that low now. Yeah, it's very, my 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 one pays me zero point nine five. I remember, and I'm a Lloyd's Plus member. Really, I remember yeah. they were paying like three four percent. Yeah, I I remember that. I remember seven in in now. September two thousand and seven, Lloyd's was paying seven percent ISAs. Seriously, seven percent. Like a year bond or something like that. No, it was a it was a cash ISA. Oh wow. Seven. This is two thousand and seven. Wow. This is the good days before yeah. the crack, the crisis. I think that'd be something good to uh, go through as well. The different kind of accounts. That's yeah. Like maybe not for today. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was I was listening to this other podcast the other day, and they were talking about mortgage rates, right? Um, in the late eighties, early nineties, th- th- their mortgage rates were in the double digits. Really? They were like fifteen percent. Well, yeah, I heard the same thing was over here at one point. You know, when yeah. I, I used to, when I used to work in uh, in the bank, you hear people talk about you know how high interest rates were at some point. 
Uh, granted, it would have been offset by the fact that the houses were a lot cheaper back then. Um, but you know. This is it. And now it's the other way around. Exactly. Now, houses cost like a million, Ridiculous. but interest rates are next really to nothing. really low. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, <clears throat> cash. Keep some money in cash. Um, so, in I terms of equity ISAs, so you said not to put everything in a cash ISA. Yeah. Um, as I kind of mentioned before, I think equities is a, is a scary place. Not many people understand them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you're, uh, no, not you're many right. People understand them, so um, not um, many people understand them because. So yeah, I was trying yeah. to say, what kind of where should somebody go? Should they just trust the person in the bank, or? Okay, so f- f- in terms of you know, back to this example of someone who's saving two hundred pounds a month, um, how much to put in a for someone who's saving two hundred pounds a month? A, a month. I would say you should save at least half or even more than half of whatever you earn in a cash ISA. Why do I say that? Is a cash ISA is basically riskless. So your money cannot be lost in a cash ISA. It just can't happen. If the if the bank that where you got your money goes down for whatever reason, you will get your money back yeah. because there's an insurance on it. So someone who's saving something like £200, keep most of your money in an ISA. In fact, I would even go as far as to say keep 75 percent or something okay. or as much as you can in, in the that. cash ISA. yeah okay. because a you have liquidity whenever you need the money yep. you just go to the bank you take yeah, it out yeah. Yeah. nothing is at risk you can't lose anything mm. cash and so so cash is, is is also an asset right there's investments are assets but cash is also an asset yeah. cash is the lowest form of risk when you're investing so um a lot of investment funds have cash so yeah I would say, <laughs> sorry, Jerome is just looking at me and shaking. I no, I was confused as to the gesture you made to me earlier. What, I think one? I was rambling a bit earlier. So, oh, right, right. And okay. I, I, you know, yeah, I was so, trying to be so covert good. with understanding what was wrong. But basically, the point I raised is something we're going to speak about anyway. So yeah, I was jumping exactly. the gun. If so you had checked the the script, I've read it several times. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, so yeah, um. Someone who's earning 200 pounds, keep most of your money in an ISA. Let's just say there's someone now who's, sorry, someone who's saving. But let's just say you're someone who's saving 500 pounds a month. That gets a little bit more interesting. Save at least half or more in your cash ISA, but also invest some of it through your ISA. Um, What you should- Through your ISA. Through your ISA. Now, what I mean by that is, if you wanted to invest, you should register with some kind of retail-friendly investment platform. Um, there's quite a few of them. Yeah. I personally use Hargreaves, Lansdowne, and Fidelity okay. simply because I think, A, they're very, very customer-friendly. Mm. Whatever issue you have, you call them, yeah. they'll pick up. I like their website, Hargreaves. Yeah, Lansdowne. they're very friendly. Yeah. Um, it's very simple, and their range of offerings is just re- re- really, really broad. There's something for everyone, okay. which I guess could also be a bad thing if you're new to, the, to it and you don't understand it. Mm. But those are the platforms I use. Yeah. Now, so you set through an ISA. So what you would do is you would go on one of these websites, not necessarily those two, but if you in, on any of them, you would register an account, which is similar to registering a savings account. And whilst doing that, you just choose the ISA version. So if you choose the ISA version, that means whatever money you put in that is tax-free, yeah. whatever gains you have. Now, there's different types of investment funds you can invest in. There's different asset classes. And um, it's, it's, it's a bit like, I can use the analogy of, um, of driving a car. The first gear is, is the lowest gear. The first gear is cash. Mm. 
okay the second gear it's a little bit faster i.e a little bit riskier you move up to bonds or fixed income okay if you move move up the risk curve a little bit more you get into equities which are just shares stocks and shares got you so that the higher you move mm-hmm. the higher you move in on the risk curve if you move up higher you can get into commodities you can get to property real estate got you. um you can get to hedge funds you can get to private equity investments you can get to all of yeah. that but we might not want to touch up on that today, today but those are offerings that even as a retail investor someone who's in he wants to invest a hundred or two hundred pounds a month you can have access to that very very easily yeah. Yeah. through your isa tax-free yeah. very simply and those types of investments is what they're very very wealthy do yeah but the difference is they might have have they got, 200 million and yeah they can you, scale you weren't a lot more yeah so kind of from what you're saying i get like there's different levels of risk that you can expose yourself to yeah. and possibly work yourself up them exactly <clears throat> as your knowledge and level of comfort increases increase, exactly. you know? and, and cash sure that you research and yeah. have the knowledge yeah and cash is the lowest form of exactly. risk it's, it's almost riskless i say almost riskless yeah it's not entirely riskless because inflation is your enemy yeah mm-hmm. that's it what it is no i'd agree with that because so I think, sorry, go ahead. yeah so but but again you know let, let's go back to the example of someone who earns 500 pounds a month let's just say again this is not the gospel so don't take it as that <laughs> but let's just say you keep 300 pounds in your cash ISA, which pays you 1%, which is nothing. So you've got 200 pounds left and you invest those 200 pounds in an investment fund. Now, again, depending on the on the type of risk you go for, the, the relationship between risk and return is perceived to be the higher the risk, the higher the potential return. So the, the higher risk you take, the more you can earn. Yeah. If you invested, say, 100 pounds in a bonds fund or a fixed income fund, Bonds are simple in the in the most simplest form. Bonds work like loans, but they're traded. What I mean by that is, let's just say I'm Apple, right? Okay. And I've got this new iPhone that I want to launch next year, and I think to myself, I actually need more money. I need mm-hmm. a billion. Yeah. So I say to myself, I call my CFO. I said, Look, we need a billion. Like, can you hook it up? He says, Yeah, don't worry. I call my mate at Morgan Stanley, the investment <laughs> bank. He calls this mate. He said, Look, we need we need a hundred million. Uh, sorry, we need a billion. Um, you know, we don't want to raise equity. We don't want to give anyone a share in our firm. Mm-hmm. We effectively want it in a form of a loan. That bank will say, yeah, that, that's no problem. I've got a few investors I can speak to. Let's see if I can Just raise like that, that for mm-hmm. you. Just like that. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> so, so a bond is effectively, the banker will set up a, let's call it a contract, which says that whoever holds this contract owes Apple X amount. Mm-hmm. And in return... Apple pays them a set amount of interest. So that interest will be fixed. So say that one billion, let's just say Apple say, yeah, we're happy to pay 6% on that per year. And that billion, again, for simplicity's sake, we'll say will be split into 10 bonds, right? So each bond is worth 100 million. Mm-hmm. If I own one, one of those bonds worth 100 million, I get 6% every year from Apple. We, we'll set a a horizon like a maturity time so mm-hmm. let's just say 10 years from now f- until the end of the 10 years every year i'll get that six percent and at the end of the 10 years i get back my 100 million that i've yeah. given to apple that's what and a that's bond regardless is regardless of how much you put in so that can still work with the 200 pounds that you're using to yeah invest. but yes but then obviously yes okay we'll get to it, it in in theory yes 
but the way you would invest in it is slightly different. Yeah, you're you wouldn't be that. buying it directly from Apple. Okay. You'd yeah. be buying it from a collective investment exactly. scheme, which yeah. is okay. a fund. Yeah, so the fund will buy the, the, the bonds from Apple and you will buy a share worth a hundred pounds from the fund. So for the beginners that are looking at doing this with their two hundred pounds. Yeah. What you've explained just now yeah. is something they can aim to get to. Exactly. But it's not so gonna be what they're looking at at the moment. No. Okay. So well, no, 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 they no, can. They can. They can. But so if you have £200, pounds, I just wanted to explain what a bond was. Yeah. Oh, okay. And now that we know what a bond is. <laughs> Does anyone actually well, know what a bond I can, is? I can say... Um, <laughs> that was a okay. lot of information. Right, Sam, what do you think a bond is? After yeah, Sam, what's, what's a bond? For, for, yeah, break it down. What's a bond to you? A bond is basically an investment, but instead of investing in a company, you're basically loaning them money and then you get returns over the years. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. That sounded like a loan, and it essentially is a loan. Mm. But one of the differences is that a bond is tradable. So let's just say I held that note, and six weeks later I said, you know what, I don't even want to have this anymore. I can find someone else and say, do you want to buy this? And they will buy this off me, i.e. they will pay me whatever Apple would have paid me. Mm. And then they will be getting the returns from Apple. Exactly. So a bond is tradable, which makes it different from a loan. With that being said, there's also loans that can be traded, but that's for a different day. Yeah, know, a different there's, I feel like there's a really lot of levels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, there's quite a few levels. Yeah. <laughs> so, so as I was saying, cash, the lowest form of risk, bonds, fixed income, that's the next level. The reason why bonds aren't as risky is that when it comes to a loan or when you, whenever you have a bond, um, in terms of, let's just say Apple, back to this example, let's just say Apple did, you know, issue that bond whatever and i bought some i held that 100 million bond and then let's just say for whatever reason apple went bankrupt i will be first in line to get my money back before most other investors would get their money back i.e my bond is very very senior on the on the repayment yeah. sch- schedule of who mm-hmm. gets their money back first so money which left. is why exactly which is why they're considered <laughs> lower risk whereas if you held equities or shares you'll be at the bottom that means everyone will get their money back before you get your money yeah. back. Mm-hmm. But what, what that also means is that whatever money the firm makes, you're entitled to a share of that. Indeed. Exactly. So anyway, yes. Cash and then bonds. Bonds is the next level up of risk. So someone earning £500, let's just say you were putting £300 in cash and you're investing £200 in a fixed income bond fund. That can get you something like, I don't know. Again, there's there's levels. So there's investment grade which is like the least risky and there's junk bonds i.e high yield which is the most prof uh, which gives you the most returns but again with everything you want to go somewhere in the middle you want to have a well diversified bond which buys bonds from companies countries issues bonds mm. us um uh, america issues loads of bonds might have some treasuries the uk issues bonds so you might want to have a fund which has a mixture of bonds of countries as well as companies so that they have some very high risk and some very low risk so okay. w- what does that mean in terms of return for you um you might be somewhere in the middle so you're not you're not earning one or two percent as as you would earn with a i don't know a highly a very high investment grade bond but then you're earning a lot more oh sorry you're earning a lot less than you would uh, compared to a a highly risky high yield bond so you'd be somewhere in the middle so okay. let's just say the high the high high yield bond was paying something like 12% in return and the very the investment grade the low risk bond was paying something like 2 because you have a mixture of both you'll be somewhere in the middle so you'll be a lot more than 2 but a lot less than 12 
but then that also means your risk level is also somewhere in the middle so this is a kind of bond or this is a kind of you know the next step of cash you would want to put money in now with that being said there's thousands and thousands of companies that offer these products um for a retail person i would say go with something which go with a brand that you know okay. so what's a, a very big provider of funds for instance you know there's jp morgan's there's yeah. blackrock there's LNQ. all these what's that lnq lnq yeah not lnq sorry lng lng yeah lng is the housing yeah i tried i tried to get them to help me yeah they told me to walk the other way they would be nice to you um cool so for me it feels like you know if you are this person with 200 pounds a month and or sorry 500 pounds a month and you want to you know take the next step up from just investing in cash or saving in cash i say if you are going to enter the equity world uh you want to be balanced yeah. You know, so you don't want to go in and put all your two for, or say, say you got 500 pounds a month, you're going to put 300 in cash and 200 into equity for arguments. Sake. Well, bonds, bonds, yeah. okay, whatever. So, equities is the next level okay. higher, okay, which we'll get to next, Fine. next, next episode cool. or later on, whichever one. <laughs> Thing is, right, listening to this as somebody, like I said, who's not from the financial background, I actually work in property management. I'm still thinking about this 500 pounds and 300 in the cash ISA, great, mm-hmm. 200 pounds invest in bonds. But how do I, 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 the information's great, but how do I start doing that? Where, where am I going? Going on one of these websites? Yeah, so. Because I think the information's great and I think it, it will lead somebody to go into Google, type it in and read up on it. But what is the next step? I feel like everything you're saying sounds like it's for somebody with a lot more money and a lot more knowledge mm. in this. How okay. does somebody, as you guys say, layperson, how does that layperson take that 200 pounds after investing that 300 or putting that 300 in the ISA? Where are they going with this two hundred pounds? Um, okay, so I'll like from from the start, like two hundred so pounds ready to go. What am I doing? Fine. So what I'll do, I'll try and give you my breakdown of what I took yeah. from what Francis was saying, um, and I think it's okay. You've got your two hundred pounds now, uh, and you're going to put it in bonds. We're not going to touch equities because that's for the next episode. Mm-hmm. But you're going to put it in bonds. Um, from what I got from Francis, there's different kinds of bonds in terms of the risk that you'll be exposed to. Yeah. Um, my point was um, you want to try and not go straight away from maybe the most risky of or course. the least risky maybe you want balance but in terms of practically what you would do it could be as simple as walking into your local bank and speaking to your, your, your uh, personal banker um, with doing some research beforehand yeah. because having worked in industry uh, ladies and gentlemen, they're just here to sell. <laughs> they are. Let's be you know. real, it's a business. It's, it's it is a yeah. business. Now, I know there's been various things in the press where they're supposed to be a lot nicer now, but they're salespeople at the end of the day and they have kids to feed themselves. So you can't simply rely on their better nature. So do your own research. Have some talk points. I think if nothing else, going in there with some knowledge mm. will have the salesperson more on their P's and Q's because they'll know that you're not completely ignorant. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right? And I think that stresses across anything you do. Um, so I would say you could literally start as simple as that. You know, either go into a compare site or go into your local branch armed with some base level research of, okay, I'm putting my 300 pounds in cash because I don't want any risk to that. Uh, and this 200 pounds I want to put into bonds, but I don't want um, I don't want risky bonds. Or I want, you know, ask them to give you a breakdown of the kind of bonds they, they offer. Maybe go home, research them on the internet or somebody that you may know, or send us a, a question on them and Definitely. maybe we'll answer it in one of our podcasts. Um, which is why we're here, you know, and, and, and that's a big point, you know, sorry to meander a little bit. Um, we are here to help uh, our listeners. 
Yeah, and I think I think the information needs to be passed on exactly. in a way, like we said, that's relatable, not just simply what we can find on the internet, because I think that information is already there. It's just how do the people use the information? Yeah. How yeah. do... So in short, speak to your bank advisor and then holler at us. <laughs> are, are, there yeah. any, are there any of the websites that you mentioned, investment websites that can help in investing yeah. in yeah. bonds? Yeah, of course, okay. yeah. So but just back to what Jerome just said, um, I think that is a good first step mm. is to contact your banker or speak to them. Okay. But before you even do that, what I would say is go onto YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It needs and, to be. That's what yeah, I was going to say. Sure. Go onto YouTube and type in what are bonds or, yeah. or how do no, bond investments work. Massive tool. Massive, Just massive go to tool. you. You'll be surprised. There's, oh, there's so, so many much, yeah. videos there explaining things in layman's terms mm. yeah. for everyone to understand. Agreed. And I think that's what people need to understand because when you say to me, go to the bank, I'm thinking about when we... When I've tried to go to the bank on a weekend to do something, they've said, okay, well, you need an appointment. Yeah. Well, I work Monday to Friday, 9 to 5.30, and I value my lunch break. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not really going to the bank. I need to know what can I do from home? Is there something on the internet? Is there something on YouTube that can not help me like, move yeah. forward with this information, you know? I imagine, I, I, I imagine there is, man. Like, yeah. as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, YouTube's pretty much changing my it, life. No, it is. And, it is. and I think it's not like what Google, it was 10 Google years and ago. YouTube, yeah. You 100%. know, there's a lot of professional level people or quite knowledgeable people yeah. uh, that are on there now. Yeah. So, um, But I guess it all depends on how interested you really are in these kind of things. Because let's be real, dealing with finances is, is very boring not, yeah, for some it's people. Not sexy, is it? To me, it's not very boring. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you can tell. For the average person, I guess it's just a chore. But yeah. the thing is, it, it we can't continue to see it as a chore because we need it. No, Indeed. but that's but the thing. That that's, the no, thing. no, that's a hundred percent true. But the you know the reality is, people see it as a chore. So even this, with what we've just discussed with ISIS, etc. Like you said, someone might not want to go into the bank and speak to their banker, or they might not want to do might their not own feel research. Like they have the time. If that's the case, then you need some kind of advisor to do this for you. Again, there's places like Nutmeg, you know, Nutmeg, they will they will interview you, they will ask you what what kind of things you're interested in, they'll ask you they'll ask you a lot of personality traits to gauge whether you're a risky person naturally or whether you're very risk averse, mm -hmm. as as in you don't like risk. Okay. Not and based reasonable. on your personality, yeah, they would suggest the, the right types of investments for you which is very practical and helpful for someone who isn't very you know who isn't really interested in this kind of stuff and the good things with platforms like that is all you do is is you have a monthly subscription where every month you're investing a hundred pound or 200 pounds and they take care of the rest mm. that's it yeah and all that will happen is every month they'll send you a report which tells you exactly how much money you have or yeah. how yeah. much your investments have grown or fallen whatever um now the negative to that is they will charge you yeah they might charge you one or two percent or something of okay. whatever you make yeah to, to help you with that advice do i personally think you should be paying that absolutely not you shouldn't that in this day and age you shouldn't be paying two percent for, for investment yeah. advice mm. the reason why you shouldn't is you can get the same type of investments at fidelity or hargreaves lansdowne for no fees mm. no fees do you think it's a good place for someone to start though? Because this I, is a very scary world. It is. It is a good place for someone to start. However, you need to re you need to know something. Mm. You need to read up something. You you can't just walk in there blind. You need to. And if again, if you can't be bothered to read, speak to someone about yeah. it. If you know someone in the industry or something, because you can't just go on that website and and expect to know what to choose. Yeah. So 
if you if you yeah, if you make that decision that you want to take care of your finances well something has to give you yeah. need to do something yeah, you definitely. need to do yeah you have to be proactive yeah, yeah you have to be proactive um, you may not have to follow you know stock markets every day or whatever but some that. basic reading is necessary on yeah. that in terms of how someone could start is it would it be worthwhile maybe then focusing on one type of asset class or one kind of investment yeah um, so i would even say one type of asset class just focus on what actually is investing you know okay. what is investing because yeah. we uh, actually we, we spoke about risk earlier yeah people might not even know what risk is yeah exactly yeah so so risk when you talk about risk risk is essentially uncertainty right yeah risk is the the likelihood of you losing money that's the risk yeah. or the likelihood of you having a a non-desirable outcome or yeah. event yeah that's what yeah. risk is so when we talk about risk so let's just say you did invest in 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 any type of asset really and let's just say one says to you, oh, asset A has more risk than asset B. All, all they mean by that is that asset A has a lot more volatility than asset B. Yeah. Volatility being the change in price or the change in value yeah. of asset A is a lot more, what do you call it? Um, the ups and downs are a lot more rapid yeah, yeah, yeah. compared to asset B. Mm. So let's just say asset A costs 100 pounds today and it trades i don't know from nine to five from nine to five the price swings might go from 100 to 115 mm -hmm. they might go down to 80 they mm -hmm. might go up to 150 that is a very volatile oh, range yeah. mm -hmm. so the, the wider the range of price fluctuations the more volatile mm -hmm. whereas asset b might cost 100 today it might go up to 101 or drop to 99 but the range is very very small yeah yeah so you can see if you were in an asset a you bought something at 100 at nine o'clock at 11 o'clock that 100 pound asset might be worth 80 pounds 3 p.m it might be worth 150 pounds asset b now 100 pounds at 9 a.m 11 a.m it might be worth 101 3 p.m it might be worth 99 mm. so you can gain or lose a lot less yeah. by yeah. investing yeah. In asset b mm -hmm. than an asset a yeah. So simply put, that's risk. It's the yeah. volatility of your returns or yeah. the change in prices. There's different many ways to look at risk, yeah. but simply put, that's what it is. Yeah. And and on the back of that, the amount of money you expect in return differs depending on the amount of risk you're taking, yeah. right? Yeah. So like n anything in life, if you're going to take more risks, I want more money for yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, and you just wouldn't take the risk. That's exactly what it is. And I always say this: this this is the theory behind it because that isn't always the case. Mm. But okay. generally speaking, that is the case. All but right. it's not always the case. Okay. And um when we think about 2008 during the financial crisis okay. everything was risky mm. everything so everything was volatile then because everything that had low volatility people were buying Got so me. during normal times yeah th there is a separation of the two okay um so yeah so that's that so yeah i guess we've touched on we've touched on isa um risk yeah. return profiles have we as well yeah mindset yeah. why we're here yeah the fact that jamaica's the best country <laughs> ah, i don't know about that one we definitely <laughs> didn't talk about any oh, we didn't? Of that. oh that's from no, next no, podcast no, guys no, sorry mate sorry mate yeah, so you're saying it's the 200 pounds 500 pounds that kind of money is enough to start it's, it's, an, it's look it's more, more than, than enough. enough to start okay it's, it's more, more than, than enough, enough. But, and and another yeah, i think you mentioned long term earlier mm. when it comes to investing you have to think long term yeah um, there's a big difference between trading and investing. Mm. Trading is someone is you know someone at the market that you see breaks the market. 
the plantain lady that sells plantain. plantain. She's the, a the trader. Plantain. The plantain. It's plantain. Nah. Plantain. The plantain lady. <laughs> the plantain right. lady. She's a trader. Okay. The tone of the podcast. Because <laughs> she's just selling stuff. All right. She's selling stuff. She's buying from one shop and selling it. She's just bang, bang, bang. That's all she's doing. If you're invest, if you're investing your money, let's just say you decided to put the hundred pounds into one of these bond funds. Now these bond funds, they're managed by different firms. So let's just say BlackRock managed them. Okay. Now BlackRock will have a team that works every day on analyzing these bonds, looking at why they should be buying them or why they shouldn't be buying them. If they do decide to buy them, they're gonna hold them for five to 10 years easily, mm. unless something changes where they need to buy it. So investing is very long-term focused. And if you're gonna invest through your eyesight, you shouldn't be expecting to make some crazy returns in a year. No, you might make 5% a year, which is really, really good, by exactly. the way. It, but the, the idea here is every month you're saving 200 pounds, right? Mm. What's that? Um, for a year, that'll be what, 2,400. You may have saved 2,400, but that interest that you're getting will increase it by by whatever amount it is, A. B, if the, the, the prices of those bonds increase, that will also have an impact on the value of your investments. So really and truly, when you're investing in bonds, you have two sources of return. One's the interest that you get every year mm -hmm. or every six months, and the other is the increase in price. Mm. Yeah. You want to think long-term. Mm. You're That's saving two, two right? Yeah, you're, you're saving 2,400 a year, but you're getting interest on that, yeah. and there's a change in, in price of the bonds. And above all, that interest is compounded. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm, I'm sure people learn about compounded interest. I don't definitely think for the sake of the podcast, you need to give us do. some info. So when we think, of, into lately and I think, when we think of simple interest, simple interest is just, you have 1,000 pound now, 10% um, of that is 100 pounds, right? Okay, now if, if we think of an investment which has 1,000 pounds and um, they say something like, okay, we'll pay you 10% interest every year, but it's simple interest. That means whilst you're holding that money every year, you're going to get 10% on £1,000. At the end of the first year, that's £1,100. Mm -hmm. At the end of the second year, that's £1,200. Why? You've gotten 10% of 1000 twice. 10% mm -hmm. of 1000 is what, £100. Yeah. So you've gotten £1,000 twice. Yeah. That's very, very simple interest. Fine. Let's just say you have the same scheme. However, now they paid you... Um, they paid you compounded interest. First year, at the end of the first year, you have 1,100 pounds. But at the end of the second year, you're gonna have 10% of 1,200 pounds, which is 1,210, if I'm correct. Yes, I am, I am correct. <laughs> you're gonna have 10% of 1,100, yes. which is 1,200. Exactly, which is more than 1,200, right? Yeah. So compounded interest, it just means whatever money you have at the moment in time, that's what you get the percentage the interest on. on, not what's the not what you started agreement. with. Okay. So basically, okay. you get interest on your interest. Okay. Exactly, you get interest yeah. paid on top of your interest yeah. for however long you, you hold it. So imagine you hold something for about ten years. Yeah. It, it's yeah. crazy. It's just and, a way of and, getting your money to work faster. Yeah. Right? Oh, so, grow faster. Simple as that. And this is the thing with a lot of very very wealthy people. They don't even take that much risk because mm. if I have a hundred million in a portfolio, why do I want to risk? Why don't I risk losing that money if two three percent on top is it two three percent is two three million? That's more than enough. Yeah, of course. That is more than I need. Mm. 
So sometimes it's not it's not all about how high your interest is. It's about how much money do you do you actually have in there, and you can build that up over the years. Over time, definitely, I think a long term mindset is needed, right? That's what I'm hearing from you two about long term. But what about the shortcuts? What about the people that try to sell you something and say, okay, well, you actually don't need to wait this long. If you put in this much, you can get this at this point. Yeah. Because let's be real, people don't want to part with their money to see what it's doing for them two years later. Mm. Let's be real, everyone wants immediate. So for those people that, that for those out there that want to offer the short term, how do people manage that? Is that even a good way well, to go? Well, I'll, I'll say run the other way. Run as fast as you can. Mm. Okay. Agreed. Um, the, the reason... Were you going to say something? No, I think um, just to be clear for everybody, this doesn't mean that, you know, if there's short-term business opportunities which are slightly varying mm. away from what we're talking about, that you would totally discount them because there might be a short-term opportunity. Mm. But that is... Uh, but probably that can be investing in a business. You know, I think what you're speaking of is things like, you know, like those old Ponzi schemes, like Circle for Success or whatever it was called. But those kind of where things, yeah. I give you a thousand pounds and if you find two people to give me a thousand pounds, that you want to run away from. Um, there are no short term, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of Francis somewhat, there are no short term or shortcuts to uh, properly investing. Um, so, you know, I think you walk into it with that mindset. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Um, and in terms of shortcuts, that unless is a, I don't know. It's it's a what do you call it? It's something legitimate or something that you know about that you trust and you know the person. Or it's it's any kind of short term investment opportunity that you know it is. I mean, generally speaking, that th there aren't any shortcuts. If you take these shortcuts, mm. it will come back to haunt you. It's simple as agreed, that. Agreed. Agreed. Um, no one builds wealth in six months or a year it just doesn't work like that okay you can you can make a lot of money in six months yes um i mean yeah. you can bet on arsenal yeah. to lose three consecutive games and they will lose and you make <laughs> a lot of money yes that can happen in yeah, the short that's term that's an interesting point however try doing that every six months over and see what happens it's yeah. just not going to work yeah. Yeah. you have to think long term i think we see a lot of you know once again the elephant in our room our demographic we do see a lot of that people the whole concept of nothing to something yeah yeah and i think maybe we focus on that journey too much and not understanding that you, not everything has to take you from being poor to being rich tomorrow and no, also you know, don't always if it know takes the you background yeah exactly yeah. so so let let's um a good example is ja wealth do you guys remember ja wealth mm -hmm. it's these group of young black people that they call themselves what the, the youngest private equity firm in canary wolf or some yeah, nonsense see the, now the, the thing about ja wealth that's what i call a shortcut okay. um ja what a lot of people don't actually realize is ja wealth they didn't do anything illegal they didn't do anything fraudulent or anything mm. they were advertising themselves as what wealth consultants but what they were doing is they were telling people how to trade so you registered with them pay them a certain amount every month and they will tell you at any point in time buy stock ABC or sell stock ABC that's what they would be doing and they will be teaching you how to trade there's nothing illegal about that however these guys never should have advertised themselves as wealth consultants because they're not wealth consultants they're trading providers that's what they were mm, they're teaching course. people how to trade whether they're good or bad trading provi uh, training providers I have no idea but it, something like J.A. Wealth you just stay far away from that these guys had no real life 
professional investing experience but yet we're selling training okay. H- how does that make sense it doesn't make sense okay fair enough so if you're but talking shortcuts like that avoid them at all costs but where you're saying they they weren't qualified to do what they said they were doing were they giving out incorrect information i mean i don't know because i never bought it fair enough because you never know. trusted it i never know yeah and i wouldn't have trusted it because because well i think they were given false information because they said that on on average 70 percent of their trades made money now if if you look at let's just say my workplace if on average 70 percent of our trades made money my my firm manages um 130 billion at the moment if what they said was true we would be managing like a trillion or something because 70 okay. percent is such a high success ratio it's almost impossible for the professionals to do it mm. so how can these non-professionals group of guys how can they achieve that in such a short-term period I, I, I don't understand but for somebody that doesn't understand all of this but just wants to get ahead and they think they're doing everything that we've said they're investing they're putting the money into their ISA and they want another way to invest their money just so they can gain the most from it they have no information these type of people type of firms have the information and their returns might not be as much as they can get but they've gotten some back something back from it why would they listen to you when you tell them not to go with them not, not to go with J wealth or any other similar kind of company it's very simple because these these kind of platforms or firms that i'm saying you should go for a their clientele aren't all 16 to 21 year old black guys from bricks and hackney unlike okay. J wealth okay okay they they their clientele no, range point. from 16 year olds in every color across the whole nation mm. okay that's the first thing B, their their job from nine to five is to do th- is this is what they do for a living, okay? Okay. They don't sell you. They don't. Ab- above all, J A Wealth. I, I keep mentioning J A Wealth. I don't know. I don't want no smoke on my timeline. I ain't got that many followers anyway. Um, yeah. No, okay. Okay. But well, all, all jokes aside. Um, okay. Fine. Let, okay. Do you know what? Fine. Let's just say yes. These firms, whatever, offering you all this stuff. Mm. Ask them one question: Are you registered with the FCA? Okay. Okay. Is is what you're offering us? Is it regulated by the FCA? Mm. Ask them those two questions. If both answers are yes, okay, what you do: take their names and Google them, yeah, and see whether their names comes up on the FCA register. Yeah. If that happens, by all means, you should go with them. If that doesn't happen, you might want to think twice. Okay. Okay, fair enough. So these the no, that sounds like sensible advice. Okay, so the issue with using other companies or shortcut companies is not only having to pay them, which obviously takes away from your return, but it's also how yeah, valid. But yes, their but wait, information I'm not talking about nutmeg. Nutmeg is fine. Okay, okay. This is Jay Wealth. Yeah. <laughs> I think what uh, my illustrious colleague is trying to say better. is. Simple as this. If it looks too good to be true, it, it is too good. To it likely it's is in the world of yeah. investing, right? It's simple as that. Yeah. But I have to raise the question because again, I'm I'm speaking from someone like I said who's not in the financial field, and I just feel like we are in a world where everything is at your fingertips. Everything can be done for you. So for the people that don't know how to or don't want to get yeah. up and start, where you've got these many avenues around you saying, "Yeah, we can help you do this," what makes you say no to it? If you weren't investing, you're you making zero. Well, now you're investing fifty yeah. and the making thing is, 
I think it's in, maybe having an alternative. In whatever you do, you have to do your due diligence, right? Yeah. You need to know who you're getting yourself involved with, right? Because if, if a stranger came to you in the street and said, look, I've got this investment I'm doing, you know, give me £100 a day, I'll give you <laughs> £150 next week. You're not going to say, yeah, sure, that yeah. sounds great. Here's £100. No, you're not going to do that yeah, because you're yeah. not stupid. And and it's it's nothing different with all these other short-term, quick, Group. get money schemes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you do you do you do you do diligence? I know. I know. You know. I was just helping you. Well, you know. We're, do you we're do you do diligence? And if the if it adds up, by all means, go with them. Yeah. But you know, the unfortunate truth is, a lot of these young trading advisors, whatever you call them, it's it's not what it is. That's the honest truth. Yeah. Mm. And I would love for all of them to be genuine, have had some kind of solid professional experience. And the case would be that they're spreading the knowledge or at least they're contributing to, you know, to the people yeah. improving themselves. Of course. But that's not the case. They're making money off other people. No, which yeah. is true. Yeah. And and for me, what what annoys me the most about them is everyone that has a bad experience with them doesn't invest next time and continues the same behaviours that, you know, are keeping them back or keeping them achieving whatever goals they have. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, it's, you know, it's as simple as, Take as much care with your money as the possessions you use to buy it. You know, you buy with it kind of thing. So you're not going to go and lend somebody your brand new 3 Series BM if you've bought one who you don't know. Yeah. So why give them the money you yeah. would have used to buy that? Think you know? of it like that, yeah. You know, think of it like the possession. Yeah. You know, value your money as much as the possessions, I suppose. Yeah. And and like I said, if, if you have any investment opportunities brought to you and something seems like a red flag, it probably is a red flag. Yeah. And we have the internet, man. You know, if 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 a twenty one year old, twenty two year old came to me and said, "I'm said," the first thing I would ask him is, "How did you know? How do you know what you're doing? Where did you gain experience from?" Yeah. If they said to me, "Oh, because I've been working for this broker since I was sixteen or since I left school at 17 I'll say, "Okay, that's that sounds good. Tell me more." Yeah. yeah. If they said to me, "Oh, because I did this training off this other guy," whatever that no that's nonsense yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> put no, like true, that it kind of clearly is right <laughs> that's nonsense yeah so yeah. with the companies that you've mentioned that you don't like you mentioned that their clientele goes from yeah, 16 yeah it's like my little brother he used to come up to me and say yeah yeah he's got this investment scheme how you old know. was he when he was saying that was he 19 I, as much as it might have been nonsense or he didn't know i commend that because at 19 I was not thinking about these kind of things I use at all. And, and so I guess, yeah, the yeah. question is age. I feel like if I could tell my youngest self a number of things, hmm. I'd be in a completely different situation now. But I think what age is realistic to start? Like what age do people need to think and know? Oh, actually, straight from as young as possible, I'd say. Right? This is important to think about. Yeah. yeah. And, and we were talking about ISIS earlier. There's, there's ISIS for kids. Yeah. yeah, I think it. Well, for my understanding, kids' accounts don't attract interest uh, tax anyway. I think. Oh, if don't you know. Okay. So I don't know that. But that's like five years out of date Fine. information. I don't so know that. Is that a child trust fund? No. So no? child trust fund is when they give you the the check kind of thing. Oh, okay. And you can put money, in, but you can't take it out. Yeah, uh, and it's tax free, right? Yeah, that's yeah. tax free. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, say so that's uh, you can both do that in cash or in equities. But there's a child. Um, they have the child ISIS as well. Yeah, they, they do. do. Yeah, yeah, I think they have yeah. child ISIS. But yeah. okay. And, and again, they have a limit because past a certain limit, you'd have to pay tax because if you didn't, think about it, mm. you pile all your money into your child's ISIS. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A lot of people do. And, uh, it's for my child. <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah. of people do. I, I, said, I worked in a bank. I, uh, I knew, I saw a lot of parents filling their kids' ISIS, rightfully so, you know? Mm. Um, 
well maybe that wasn't the most ethical thing <laughs> to say but I am a bit of a anarchist <coughs> just a little bit just a bit so young the the younger the better yeah in terms of starting of definitely course, because it's money like you said the long think long term yeah you have to yeah, yeah but but then you know even if you don't start when you're young and let's just let's just say you're listening to this and you're 32 it's it's cool you still have a lot of time a to lot start of time. you know yeah and yeah. you can take that information and pass it on to people younger and older than you i think it's getting the information out to all sections of society both our demographic and others but just making it as, as we said earlier this isn't a, a, on the face of it a sexy subject right so let's <laughs> let's try and make it a little bit more palatable yeah you know yeah, yeah. i hear that i hear that cool yeah um i don't so know where are we where are we i feel like well, we've, we've spoken i feel like this has been a real good chat definitely definitely i've definitely learned some stuff definitely mm. it feels like we took a, a living room conversation and put in a studio, a studio <laughs> that looks like a living room <laughs> <laughs> which i love um, it's true like this sofa is what, banging what i wanted to say was you know for those who are actually really interested in in this kind of stuff or who actually want to do more research etc in terms of um learning stuff off the net you know clearly there's um youtube there's uh google there's all these places you can learn but it it, it might be worth buying one or two books mm-hmm. mm. you know that mm. covers all of these things from some kind of professional and just read it and that will give you a very very good overview understanding of what of for instance what a bond is i know we tried to explain it earlier but you know a book might give you examples of actual bonds where they're traded how yeah. they're traded etc i think i had an idea what's that i think maybe this is just an idea putting in the ether maybe we each find a book yeah uh, what, what, what would you do if i if i told you i already had a book oh, i wouldn't be surprised whatsoever that's why i was looking ahead. over at sam because i've like seen your bookcase yeah, yeah, dude i knew you had a book gonna, <laughs> we yeah. don't have books so, yeah. So okay. what I would Go say, ahead. okay, I, I'd like to recommend a book. It's okay. very basic, very easy to read. Anyone can read as long as you can read and understand it. Right? Okay. It's called Effective Investing, colon, A Simple Way to Build Wealth by Investing in Funds by Mark Dampier. Yeah, you didn't put it in the WhatsApp group. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. That's you know them sneaky ones where they wow. want to shine on the podcast themselves. It's cool. cool. You just <laughs> listen to this podcast, Francis. Were you hearing yourself speak? No, no, wait. <laughs> let me let me repeat that, please. Okay. <laughs> Effective investing: colon, a simple way to build wealth by investing in funds. The author's name is Mark Dampier. Mark M A R K D A D A M. P-I-E-R, sorry. English is not my first language. Mm. But yeah. Excuse <laughs> Sounded like your first language. So, um, Sounded like ago. your first language. So for check, check it out. Check it out. It's, uh, like, it's, it's on Amazon. It's £10 or £9.99, which is nothing. Cool. You, know, you might have to miss a meal at Nando's, but <laughs> that's cool. Um, it's all worth it. It's all about the sacrifices. Yeah, I think for me, um, I, I definitely, as I say, you know, want to do more of the reading. Uh, in the interim, or to supplement that, um, I found, you say, I've mentioned several times, YouTube's a great place. Yeah. Um, Crash Course on YouTube. I think they've got a wide variety of different topics. Very well presented, very easy to digest, very fun. Um, so a lot of these things that you think are quite complex, you can learn the basics of them uh, quite quickly. Uh, so that's something I use. Um, but yeah, as Francis kind of mentioned earlier, 
there's a lot of information on there yeah. and it's done in a way uh, it's done for people like this who need the information but want it accessible quickly easy to digest mm. uh, so that's a, a, a resource i'd, I'd uh, recommend i think and, and while we've put this podcast out here for the very reason of having relatable information i definitely think that we need to start understanding that reading is something that we need to do for we sure. can't always look for the shortcut the for people sure. that we look up to and admire that are making money and appear wealthy or are wealthy they are doing a lot more they're reading they're making sure they have certain pieces Agreed. of knowledge I've so heard that a lot the shortcuts in terms of internet youtube podcasts all of that's great but back it up by reading i think as a people in our demographic is something that we need to understand that we need to be doing it needs to be part of our everyday as yeah, well yeah absolutely so basically no youtube until you've read one book <laughs> or youtube alongside reading yeah. something. well but it's, it's this the word for, supplement for instance <laughs> for instance all right, all right, this book down. that i just kind of recommended right that book will give you so much more information which okay no no the information that you would get from that book is probably equivalent to three hours of watching youtube mm. all in one place yeah. you know you yeah. can read yeah. on your way to work or yeah. however yeah. when, when i think my read. thing was maybe trying to spark interest in people no i think the, no I think but the you're right i together, think people should look at youtube yeah, yeah definitely if definitely. if you've never really thought about finances yeah maybe yeah look at youtube for the next yeah. week or so but yeah yeah you're right we can't use it in isolation guys yeah exactly yeah, exactly, but sure. I think we no. just need to be understanding that we we need to read as well. Yeah, we do and um, everywhere. Go ahead. Yeah, and um, so with with this podcast, what one of the things we really want to do is whatever questions you have, yeah. feel free to send it to us. Send yeah. them. Our, Absolutely. Our email address is info at making sense podcast. You can see his face right now. So that <laughs> <laughs> so that said seds spelled C E N ts okay i'll repeat info at making sense podcast.com all in one word and don't forget the podcast it's very important yeah and ask any questions on what we've spoken about today or anything or else you think you should yeah. cover or exactly. you think you want to know yeah. more about but specifically stuff that we've covered today yeah. that you felt I was wrong about the definition. Mm -hmm. you know? Challenges. I'm happy. No, I'm, I'm happy to be talent, uh, challenged. Because it will grow. Bring it on. Be <laughs> <laughs> scared. Well, I am here. Uh, no, but yeah, we want this to be organic. We're gonna grow. This podcast is gonna grow over time. And we just want it to be help. beneficial as well. Yeah, yeah. and, and it's, we're doing it for you and for us. For us, definitely. Of. But yeah, so we need your input. We need your questions, both positive and negative. Yeah, yeah, we're both grown. We're all grown, not both. All three of us are grown adults. Yeah, we're all above. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to plus, cut you right? out. Both? I didn't mean to do that. Oh, man. Both? Okay, okay guys, okay. if you don't hear me from me next week, that's why. <laughs> okay. Ah, um, oh, this drive yeah. home is going to be long now. Funeral mm. <laughs> details coming out real soon. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, but, but yeah, so um, I think, yeah, is that nearing towards the end? I'm not sure. I think we are near Did the end. Should we... Should we, you know, do the obligatory social media plugs? Round sure, sure, you know? sure. I, I do I even remember my social media name? I'll let you guys do that. Um, okay. Right now, the only place you're going to catch me, I'm a bit of a social media skeptic. Um, slash hipster, slash wannabe Drake. All my friends that are listening to this will <laughs> corroborate that statement. Uh, but you'll find me on Twitter. Uh, I don't know what my Twitter name is. Well, my name's Thinking J on Twitter. So yeah, just search that and you'll find me. Thinking underscore King. Think underscore king underscore j yeah i told you it was a bit of a neat bit of play on words uh but yeah that's where you find me um me on twitter mine's quite simple my name's sam you'll find me at miss sammy xx so that's ms underscore s-a-n-n-i underscore xx 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm on <laughs> Twitter as well, but I'll be honest, I hardly ever check it. But if you want to at me, it's bra underscore living. So it's b r a h underscore living. But just just to keep it very simple, if you want to holler us as a collective, you can holler us at Making Sense Podcast. Do you want to give out the email address again? Um, no, no, I'm talking just for Twitter. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah they just can, use the yeah, we're on Twitter as well. Just oh, use can the you can you use the email? So you can tell clearly I'm not a Twitter expert, but you you can use the email to find us. Is you can use the email to find us absolutely, but you can also just yes, we are. We're on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Got Word. And you can also <laughs> <laughs> come on, guys, get up to date. But you can also use the hashtag Making Sense with a C podcast so making sense podcast you can find us on twitter as well so anything you write using that hashtag we will see and be responding to as well yeah yeah for sure okay so um yeah i hope you guys enjoyed it thank you um, so much for listening thank you for listening this is our first time doing very this very first time so forgive us for any errors we made any rustiness and as yeah. we said this was a conversation that started two weeks ago yeah so in, um, in the studio <clears throat> actually recording it yeah on cold abelay yeah, I'm quite. I'm quite happy with. <laughs> Someone loves that area, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure it will grow and get better. Yeah, I hope so too. So yeah, Thank um, you all for listening, have guys. a good week and peace bye out. Bye. Peace, peace out.